ഹമദുസ്മ <laughs> when we study the system of khilafat or rules and regulations in an islamic state we find that the non muslims or people of different religious identities people of different background different race they were far better off in an islamic country in an islamic rule than even a country of their birth this is a fact an undeniable fact they felt safer christians felt safer in a muslim country than a christian country and when one studies history general history it speaks volumes it is there in front of him <coughs> one of the main reasons for that scholars have mentioned is in islam we have a system of khilafat and the person who is selected as a khalifa he is not selected due to his family ties or his descendancy his connection he will be selected as a khalifa due to his taqwa the more pious he is the more god fearing he is the more knowledge he has of the quran and the teachings of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam only then he will fit the criteria of becoming a khalifa for the muslim state islamic state very strict rules and regulations from the time of hazrat abu bakr siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala until the ottoman empire when we study khilafat that has been the case these were people who were well versed in the quran subhanallah today you will not find one alim prime minister or a president or a head of state but someone who knows english he might qualify to be a president or a prime minister but if someone who knows quran and hadith he is considered to be backwards allahu akbar but when we look at sharia hazrat abu bakr siddiq was a'lamun nas the most learned from all the companions 
Hazrat Umar Farooq radiyallahu ta'ala an he was hafiz of the Quran he knew revelations he knew exactly which verse what verse it meant everything he had the full knowledge uh, the words of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam were in front of him so for a person to become a khalifa there were certain rules and regulations some verses of the Quran that come to, to mind one ayat in Surah An-Nisa Allah says Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu Koonu qawwameena bilqist O you who believe Those who have that position Who become leaders Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Koonu qawwameena bilqist Be the upholders of justice Shuhada'a lillahi Bearing testimony of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone وَلَوْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوِ الْوَالِدَيْنِ أَوِ الْأَقْرَبِينَ Even if it means that by giving the right accurate decision you will have to go against yourself or your parents or your family members. That should not deter you from giving the right judgment. That is the first quality of a khalifa. That he looks at the system of justice. Only then he qualifies to become a khalifa. In another verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا Your enmity to any nation should not provoke you from being unjust. So you get some people, I might be in that position of giving judgment, but I might not like Idris or might have some personal grudge against him. And he files a case in the Islamic court. And when I look at his name, I say, right. Now I'll show him. So Allah is saying, your personal enmity, tumari apaski dushmani, that should not, should not provoke you from being unjust. I'dilu, Allah says, do justice. Huwa aqrabu taqwa that is closer to taqwa. And Allah says, Wattakullah, fear Allah, inna Allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon. Why? Allah is informed of all your actions that you do. Subhanallah al-Azim. Only then that position of khilafat is given to that individual. These verses are something that dictate the mind and soul of a khalifa. Just two verses that come to the mind. Respected brothers, today what I wanted to do was to compare the Khilafat of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, Umar Farooq or for that matter the Khilafat of Khulafai Rashidin with the Western democracies of today. Subhanallah, there was more freedom of speech and more freedom of religion and religious tolerance during the system of Khilafat, Khulafai Rashidin, than even what the West boasts today of freedom of speech and freedom of uh, religion and religious tolerance that is out there. When you study Islam, everyone was given a choice. Every single individual. Freedom of opinion, freedom of expression. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an is the Khalifa. And you had Islamic courts. 
Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala had selected some senior companions to hold that position of being a Qazi, a Muslim judge. From amongst the Muslim judges you had Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala who was a judge in the time of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. You had people like Hazrat Zaid radiallahu ta'ala. They were Quza, Qazi in the time. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was once walking past the courts and he knew of these two parties that had a disagreement and it was their final hearing and the judgment was given and the Qazi was Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala with Hazrat Zaid radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala stopped and said to one of the person there from one party what is the judgment given to your disagreement Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala heard the judgment and he said that well if I was the judge I would have given a different decision than Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Zaid a different decision than Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Zaid so that person said Amirul Mu'mineen, what stops you? You are the Khalifa of the believers. You can overrule any decision. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said no. If this was something that was violating the Quran and the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then I would intervene and overrule this decision. But my opinion is just as good as the opinion of my brother Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Allahu This is just my opinion. After hearing your case, both the parties, this is my opinion. But my opinion is just as good as the opinion of my brother Ali and the opinion of Hazrat Zaid radiallahu ta'ala. This was the beauty in the Islamic Khilafat system, respected brothers. Freedom of expression, freedom of opinion was open. Not only in the time of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq or Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an, but even in the time of Hazrat Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When the kuffar came from Makkah to attack the city of Madinatul Munawwara, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's intention was to fight the kuffar from within the city of Madinatul Munawwara to resist them from Madinatul Munawwara. When the companions heard of this, they came to him and they said, Ya Rasulullah, your wish is to fight the Quraysh from the borders of Madinatul Munawwara within the city. Is this divine revelation, guidance, divine guidance that you speak of, is it wahi from Allah? That this is your decision or is it your own opinion? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the companions, This is not wahi, it is not divine revelation, it is only my opinion. The companions said to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, if it is your opinion, then we want to put our opinion to you. The, the companion said to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it is better to fight the kuffar from outside Madinatul Munawwara than Madinatul Munawwara, the inside section of Medina. 
Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam accepted their opinion and said from which region do you want to fight the Qurayshi people and the companion said that the best location is the location of Uhud and that is where the Muslims fought the people of Makkah in the region of Uhud this was mashwara this was freedom of opinion freedom of expression given to Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam so this idea that Islam bars you from everything, restricts you from everything, you have no choice. That is never the case. Why we have never studied Islamic history? We have never opened up the seerah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, the seerah of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Someone very learned was just telling me today that when Gandhi fought for independence in India. Obviously, one forgets that it was not just the Hindu community that was fighting for independence. There was a lot of financial support that was involved by the Muslims and Muslims were at the forefront of the independence also. Muslimano ki bari kurbani When independence was finally given, Gandhi actually said to the people in power that if you want India to prosper then you need to govern India like how Abu Bakr Siddiq and Umar Farooq in their times would govern their people. He was a man well versed in the Quran. He studied the Quran. He studied the history of Khulafai Rashidin. And he said to the close people that the best example for you is in the Khilafat of Abu Bakr and the Khilafat of Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala. Hidayat is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How a person dies, that is only in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But as far as knowledge is concerned, this man actually took the name of Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala. And he was a man who would very often praise the Quran. He would uh, benefit from the Quran himself. So the system of Khilafat is very, very important. There was freedom all the way, my respected brothers. One man came to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala and he started complaining. He said that when the Muslim army entered into Syria, they came from one area crossing my farm. And they damaged my crops. That is my livelihood. That is my earnings. <coughs> A complaint that came to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And this person, that farmer was a non-Muslim. And the Muslim army is entering into Syria. When he came to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala. Respected brothers, it is said that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and paid him 10,000 dirhams in compensation. This is the justice system in Islam. 10,000 dirhams were given to him. No doubt we have a beautiful system of freedom of speech and freedom of religion. But it has its restriction also. You can't just swear at someone humiliate someone, disrespect someone, or lift up a finger at someone 
and accuse him that that person has done this without valid proof. Allahu Akbar. That is why in the case of zina, when you study fiqah, there are rules and regulations. If a man was to accuse a man or a woman of zina, Allahu Akbar, in the Islamic system, it is very, very serious. If there is not sufficient proof, then that person will get lashed, the one who accuses. Proof must be there. Everything works on proof. In the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a man whose name was Bishop, he had a disagreement with one Jewish man. The Jewish man said to Bishr, who was a Muslim, his name is a Muslim, that let us go to your Prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and you put this case to him and see what he gives his decision to. Now, the Jewish man could have gone to Ka'b ibn Ashraf. Ka'b ibn Ashraf was also a man in that position at that time. People would go to him. And he was a man who hated the Muslims. Nevertheless, this man Bishr said, if you want, we will go to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a disagreement between the two. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was there. Both the parties came. This Yahudi man, a Jewish man said, this item belongs to me and Bishr is saying, no, this item belongs to me. After hearing both the cases, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave a decision that this item belongs to a, this Jewish man. You take it. Subhanallah. This man was happy. As he was walking, Bishr came behind him and said to him, look, I know the decision has been given for you, that this item belongs to you, but I'm still not satisfied. I'm still not satisfied. So this Yahudi man, Jewish man said, well, what do you want me to do? Now Bishr thought that, let me take him to Umar radiallahu ta'ala Umar radiallahu ta'ala was a man who at times openly declared his enmity with the kuffar. So he said, he's a Jewish man. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala will definitely give a decision in my favor. Talking about freedom of speech. Here you have a Jewish man and bishop. He agreed. He said, okay, fine. Let us go to Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an. When they came to Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an said to both of them, Bishr, you speak to me first. You say this item belongs to you, tell me why. Why is this item yours? And he gave his proof and evidence. And then the Jewish man started to speak. After a while Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an said, give me a few minutes to think and I will pass my judgment. The Jewish man said to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, that before you say anything, I want to say something to you. That before coming to you, we have already been to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he passed the judgment that this item belongs to me, but Bishr was not satisfied. Bishr did not agree. 
So now it is entirely up to you what you decide. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said to that Jewish man, Now you have made it even easy for me to pass my decision. So he went back inside the room and he said to his wife, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was a man who had many different types of swords. Many different types of swords. And this is not a joke, this is a fact. They say cricket batsmen hote hain wo inzimamul haq ki tarah aur Pakistan ki jo team hoti hai nowadays they tend to have 10 bats or 8 bats much much more some bats are very heavy some according to that individual how he prefers so in the case of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala you had also different types of swords and who would guard the swords Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala's wife so he came inside, he said, today I want you to find for me the sharpest blade. The two-sided blade, the sharpest blade. So you get one sword, e- even if you don't handle it well and when you try to strike, it could strike you. So the wife said, why, what has happened today? Don't make any hasty decisions. And Hazrat Umar Farooq said, no, no, no. No decision, no hasty decision. Give me the sword. Scholars have mentioned that she is the one who selected the sword was of Umar radiallahu ta'ala and BBBSEO. Subhanallah. Look at the Chechenian women. Subhanallah. Women who need to be admired. Look at the Ansari women. Look at the women. Muhajir. Muhajirat. Subhanallah. And the sword was given. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and came out. He came with his sword. Before that person could say anything. Allahu Akbar. Ek war, one swing, and the body was there and the head was on the other side. <coughs> now this was something of a shock for the Jewish man. Here Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an has cut off the head of Bishr, who was a Muslim. In Madinatul Munawwara, news breaks out. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an has killed someone cold-bloodedly without any shari'i valid reason. He has killed someone who came to him so that a decision can be given between the two. The family members of Bishr came and they said that we want to take revenge and we want the life of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And he said that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked down. It was a difficult moment for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yazid Umar radiallahu ta'ala an has done something and you have all the family members and the tribes that came straight away. This was the system in Arabia. You kill one and you have hundreds standing at your doorstep, tribal. It was all about the tribal system. And this was how it worked. So people were, people feared each other. People feared. People feared of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam because he was a Qurayshi. And protection was given to him by Abu Talib. So it was not easy for anyone. If he had protection, you were safe. If you did not have protection, you were vulnerable. So you had a hundred people coming. And they said to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this Jewish man is a witness. Without a valid reason, this person is dead. He said that at that point, revelation came. Wahi came to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse. وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يَسُدُّونَ عَنْكَ سُدُودًا 
وإذا قيل لهم تعالوا إلى رسول الله وإذا قيل لهم تعالوا إلى ما أنزل الله وإلى الرسول رأيت المنافقين يسدون عنك سدودا and when these people are told that come to Allah and the decision of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you will find the munafiqeen that they will turn away from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse informing the believers, the Muslims and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Bishr was not a Muslim, he was a munafiq. And the decision of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was absolutely correct. Why the punishment in Islam of a murtad is what? Death. He said to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that anyone who disagrees with the decision of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is not a Muslim. And therefore he claims to be a Muslim. And if he disagrees with you, he became a murtad. And that is what I have done. I have punished him because he is a murtad. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acquitted Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an from the blame that was on him. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the people that this is wahi, this is revelation, this is our internal affair. He was a Muslim, he pretended to be a Muslim, but Allah gave me information that he is a munafiq. Clear words were used in the Quran. رَأَيْتَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يَسُدُّونَ anka sududa. So there were limitations also. People were restricted. You could not just swear at an Abi of Allah. You could not just uh, humiliate someone, disrespect someone. There were rules and regulations. And that is why I say to you that the non-Muslims enjoyed living in an Islamic state even if they had a choice. A choice to live in a Christian country or a country of their birth, they'd rather choose to live in an Islamic state. Now when we compare the Hurriya, the freedom that was given during the, the time of Khilafat and uh, the freedom that the Western democracies boast, let us compare my respected brothers. In 1992, just recently, not very far, Zamana, Kya Dursa, a German ambassador to Morocco, a German ambassador to Morocco, he studied Islam and became a Muslim. He was an ambassador for Morocco, a German person. Studying Islam, he became a Muslim. When the German authority found out that this person has become a Muslim, he was forced to resign from his position, from his post. Now where is religious tolerance gone, my respected brothers? If that individual, that ambassador, if he would have embraced Hinduism or Buddhism, it would have been accepted. He still would have been the ambassador of Morocco, the German ambassador for Morocco. But because he chose Islam, he was forced to resign from that position. When we look at European history in 1492 when Ferdinand and Elizabeth of Spain took over the Muslim rule in Spain Muslims were massacred, Muslims were killed it is said that every masjid when you open the doors of the masajid in Spain you found nothing but dead bodies dead bodies and it was a time when 
the Christian world was celebrating. In 1492, Spanish history, the Inquisition, Muslims were not given the choice. The two choices that were given to them, you either become a Christian or you leave Spain. And it was virtually impossible for anyone to leave Spain. Impossible. Thousands were baptized. Thousands. Even today when you look at their faces, their physical appearance, it seems that these are Arabs in front of you. But they are not, they are Spanish. Because thousands were forced to become murtad. It is said that children under the age of 12, boys and girls, were taken by the church and baptized. They were church property. They all became murtad. Muslims died massacred, humiliation. They did not even tolerate the name of Muslim Spain. They did not want history to know that Muslims ever ruled that part of the region, Portugal and Spain. So instead of labeling them as Muslims, another name was given, Morsh. What name was given to them? Morsh. What is Morsh? Morsh is nothing. In order to hide the real identity that Muslims had actually ruled that part of region for 800 years, they gave another name that these were Moorish people, Moorish people. But they were Muslims. <coughs> Subhanallah until today, my respected brothers, go to that part of the region and you will see. On the contrary, when Muslims in the year 636 AD took control of Egypt and Syria and the entire Roman Empire came into Muslim rule, history bear witness to this, that no one was killed, there was no forced conversion. Churches were never demolished, no places of worship was ever demolished. They had the complete freedom of practicing whatever religion they wanted. Complete freedom. This is the sharp contrast between Sharia, Islamic State, and what the Western democracies boast. Now maybe uh, 1492 is a long way back, many centuries back. Let us talk about our times. 1992 to 1996, what happened? Jo kaum yung kare hi hai, we tolerate religious freedom, freedom of speech, and you are free to practice whatever religion you want. From 1992 to 1996, Bosnia, Muslims in Bosnia were completely wiped out, a massacre, a genocide. From one grave, 10,000 Muslim skulls were found. From 1992 to 1996, the Christian world was quiet. The, all the Western democracies were quiet. Muslims Can you imagine, if anyone did anything to Israel, what would happen? But from 1992 to 1996, a country not far from England, everything was quiet. Thousands and thousands of Muslims became shaheed. Allahu Akbar Kabir. Everyone completely quiet. So what justice does the West talk about? And when we study history, you pity the Red Indians, don't you? The Red Indians. 
it is said that majority of them were killed and those that stayed alive they were given uh, uh, land in a very remote area very far away and the shocking thing is that US citizenship was given to the Red Indians 150 <coughs> years after American independence <coughs> 1924 May, a red Indian would qualify to become or hold an American passport. 150 years ke baad, that person who was uh, the real man, the native of America, he can claim for a US passport after 150 years. The countries that boast for freedom and who are the protectors of freedom. And what happened in Australia, the Aborigines also. And the worst kind of racism, my respected brothers, not far away from us. It was not the Muslims. And why I am saying this is that we need to open our eyes. Islam is the just system. Islam, Sharia, the rules of the Quran and the rules of uh, the hadith of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sharia in general, this is the only system that that can protect all of humanity. The worst kind of racism was in South Africa. Nelson Mandela was in prison and only recently he came out. A good man. The worst kind of racism in South Africa, it was not the Muslims. And it was Gandhi who got slapped in South Africa and he, and out of anger, he met some of the Muslims and he wanted independence. And the placards that were there, no blacks and dogs allowed in this park. When you study Islam from the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam until the end of the Ottoman Empire, you will have not witnessed any form of racism which South African people witnessed. For centuries, Allahu Akbar. Their language was taken away from them. Their culture was taken away from them. They were robbed. They were deprived. And this is why you see uh, civil disharmony that is there in Africa today. Har admine us mulko luta. Har admine. Besides the Mus Muslims that came, they came with the sincere intention of tijarat. Allahu Akbar kabir. And on the contrary, when you see Sharia. The closest man to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam was an African whose name was Hazrat Bilal. And one of the reasons why the rich aristocrats did not want to come and talk to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam because Hazrat Bilal would be on the right hand side of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam all the time. And they would say that how can we meet this man Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam when peasants and slaves and these poor Abyssinians surround him. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam kept him close. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he conquered the city of Makkah, he said to Hazrat Bilal, climb onto the roof of Kaaba and give azan. An Abyssinian, someone from Africa, to show that Islam is not a religion of a discrimination. Subhanallah, it does not discriminate you for your, your religion or your color. Allahu Akbar. It is a just religion. And when we read the Quran, we come to one surah, which is known as Surah Luqman. Surah 
Luqman. Who was Luqman? <coughs> Luqman was not an Arab. According to the Mufassireen, Luqman was an African person. Afriki Ka'admita. He was an African man. Atta bin Rabah, one of the great muhaddis of this ummah. Who was he? He was from Africa. The first country where the Muslims migrated to, Habasha, Abyssinia. Subhanallah. Luqman was an African man. He was a slave. He was from Habasha. He was dark-skinned. But the Quran talks about him. One entire surah is named after this Abyssinian individual whose name is Luqman. Subhanallah. So what freedom? In fact, you have this double standard that is there. When you, the United States of America went to protect Vietnam, in, a, in, in a, a matter of a few months, they killed one million Vietnamese. How many? One million Vietnamese. And the French killed one million Algerians. And in Libya, what, what did the Italians do? They would take the local Libyans in the plane and would throw them up from the air down. And this also happened in Afghanistan. Now these are recorded facts, my respected brothers. I am not here trying to incite hatred. But these are facts. So that when we have an opportunity to talk, we need to bring the facts out. That look, we are not here to incite hatred. We respect the law of this country. We are British Muslims. We uphold the law of this country. But these are the facts. Don't say that Islam does not serve justice. Islam did not give justice. Subhanallah. The atomic bomb is owned by western countries. They possessed them and they used it. Yet you have, the western countries have the chemical weapons, biological weapons, the most sophisticated weapons. They have all the bombs, you name it. And now they talk about this non-profileration international treaty. Ajib. So you have one standard for a set of countries and another standard for another set of countries. So what is this system, my respected brothers? And a Nobel Prize was given to this French scientist for his atomic research. Atomic research. A Nobel Prize was given to him. So as Muslims, we need to be educated, my respected brothers. So when somebody comes to interview us, when somebody talks about rights of women, when somebody talks about jihad, when somebody talks about what Muslims have contributed, we need to have the right ammunition. We need enough knowledge to speak out to them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, my respected brothers. We cannot compare the beautiful error of the Khulafai Rashidin and how the Muslim rule. Subhanallah. If you study the 800 years of the glorious Islamic rule of Spain and Portugal, what is known as Andalusia, people will know what Muslims have contributed. Even Prince Charles, when he came to the Markfield University, he could not but praise the Muslim contributions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq to make amal on what has been said. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. 
اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الامي وعلى اله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب اليك نستغفرك ونتوب اليك سمعنا واطعنا غفرانك ربنا واليك المصير برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين